This morning, I'm going to invite Alan to come up. Alan has the word for us this morning, and uh, just invite him to uh, invite the presence of the Holy Spirit here to continue to speak and minister through us. So let's just pray together as uh, Alan begins to, to share. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you've been doing in our midst already. Lord, we just welcome you here. Welcome you into our hearts, into our lives, to change and to transform us, not to make us different, but so that you can be glorified in this region. Lord, we just welcome you here this morning. We pray a blessing on Alan as he shares. We pray that the word that he has, um, that you speak to him through us, through the word you have for us, that you would speak through him to us, and that we would be able to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been so disappointed with God that he just really told him off? Okay, some of you this morning? (laughs) Yep. Anybody willing to confess to that? Okay, I see two, three hands here, four, five. Okay, we got a few. Doesn't sound right, does it? I mean, maybe, maybe you could say... Uh, a bit disillusioned. That sounds a little bit better, doesn't it? A little disillusioned with how things turned out. No, we need to be honest. There are times when we are so angry with God, with the circumstances that we're living, with the stuff that we're going through, with things that Some of us just don't pray when that happens. Others just really get into God's face. I don't know how you feel after praying like that, after you've told God off. I think most of us, if we're honest, would probably say we feel kind of bad. That's why most of us didn't confess to that this morning. Because it doesn't seem right. Who are we to tell God that we're angry with him, that we're disappointed with him, that we're unhappy with how things are turning out, that we don't think he's coming through as he promised? Who are we to do that? It seems like when we pray, for some reason we feel a need to go out of our way to be nice to God. Think about it. Just very careful to try to pray things in ways that, you know, that that, that God will be happy with, not what we really feel. It's almost as though we don't really believe, that we don't trust God, with a really tough stuff in our lives. Here's a thought. God already knows the tough stuff. He already knows how you feel. He already knows what you're thinking about Him. He already knows all of that.
And the God I know is a God that really would like to talk it out with you, to hear you out, to have that conversation, to not have certain things that are sort of off the table that we don't talk about. Jeremiah had to deal with tough stuff. Jeremiah, a great prophet in the Old Testament. See, now, maybe I should have, I should have started out by saying, I'm going to show you how to pray like Jeremiah. You know, that would have been like, yeah, pray like Jeremiah. Well, I'm heading the same place as the initial start that I had. Both would be the same message. Because we go to Jeremiah uh, chapter 20. Jeremiah had ministered prophetically, had compassion for the people. He was accurate in his prophecies. Jeremiah was an incredible prophet. He wasn't one that just repeated what other prophets had said and pretended like they were his own prophecies. He heard from God. He declared what God had said. He did it with boldness, with confidence, and he was accurate. No question about it. But, and we get here to Jeremiah chapter 20, and let's start reading the first couple of verses and then go through chapter 20 to see how Jeremiah prayed because, believe it or not, Jeremiah wasn't exactly a happy camper with God. He wasn't exactly thrilled with God here in chapter 20. We begin reading verse 1. When the priest Pashur, son of Immer, who was chief officer of the temple, heard me proclaim these things. This is Jeremiah writing. He heard my prophetic words. He heard my prophetic message. He heard me declare what I had heard from God, words that were accurate, words that were true. Okay, verse 2. He had me beaten and placed in chains near the upper Benjamin gate in the temple. And then we go verses 3 through 6. You can read those. It's basically Jeremiah prophesying the consequences of the actions of his tormentor. He went off on his tormentor. Words from God declaring what would happen. Words of God about the tormentor. And then we get to verse 7. Jeremiah here begins to complain to God about God. <laughs> okay. He begins to complain to God about God. It's an honest prayer. And that's what I'm really calling for this morning. I'm calling for us to learn to pray honestly, for us to have honest conversations with God, the kind of conversations that God desires to have with us. And our honest prayers, our honest conversations with God often begin with despair, verse 7. And Jeremiah begins to pray. See, this is where, where I would have started if I, if, if I would have come at it by saying, I'm going to teach you to pray like Jeremiah prayed. And here's his prayer. Lord, so far, so good. You have, praise God, this is going, deceived me. Okay. How, how many of you have prayed that prayer? Lord, you have deceived me. Okay. We, we might have to do some uh, training for prophets here. Uh, this is Jeremiah's prayer. Jeremiah, a great prophet. 
And this is his prayer. Lord, you have deceived me. And I was deceived. You were stronger than I am. You have overpowered me. Everyone makes fun of me. They laugh at me all day long. Whenever I speak, I have to cry out and shout violence, destruction. Lord, I am ridiculed and scorned all the time because I proclaim your message. Look at the mess I am in because of you, God. You called me to declare your word to people around me and people in this nation. And God, you're a God of love. Why don't you give me these messages of love? You didn't, go, you didn't say that, but you know, it's, it's, it's a prophetic conundrum sometimes. There are things that the Lord shows us that we need to declare from time to time, and it's not always what tickles people's ears. And God's people especially have, been, have come to believe. I've always had this belief. That if they get a word from God, it should be uplifting and positive and all the rest of that. And as we prophesy over people, we try to take things and make it a word that can be received. But the reality is that there are times where the word of the Lord is a tough word. It's a word that isn't easily received. And Jeremiah's role was to preach a word, was to declare what he was hearing from God. And people were not happy with him, the messenger, because of the word of the Lord. Jeremiah is in despair. He's despairing, despairing over the call on his life. Why, Lord, why me? I should, you know, I could have been anything else but a prophet. Why didn't you make me somebody that people would like? Apparently, Jeremiah had a, some desire to be liked. Most people do. And Jeremiah says, God, this prophet thing, this was your idea, not mine. Look where I'm ending up because of what you called me to do. You overpowered me. You talked me into it. So what I'm feeling is your fault, God. This is it's really getting into it with God here. What I'm feeling is your fault. The fear that I have, the despair that I have, the anguish that I have, the pain that I have, is all your fault. And all that I'm suffering, the beatings, the mocking, the prison, the plots against me, is all your fault, God. It's all your fault. Look at me, how terrible things are for me. Okay. See, God wants those conversations with us. He knows what we have inside of us. He knows how we feel. He knows the despair that we have. He knows all of these things that we carry within us. And he is waiting for that Jeremiah prayer moment to be able to have that interaction with us. Verse 9, but when I say I will forget the Lord and no longer speak in his name, then your message is like a fire burning deep within me. I try my best to hold it in, but can no longer keep it back. And Jeremiah is saying, he's basically telling God, I quit, I quit, I quit. And every time I quit, you don't let me quit. Why don't you let me quit? Just once let me quit. I'm done with this. I'm out of here. But I can't, God, this is your fault because even, even, even when I want to quit, you don't let me. This is, this is 
You, 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 you felt this stuff, right? Have you ever told God? A few of you have. Jeremiah tries the, uh, basically tries the spoiled athlete routine here. All right. If you all are going to treat me well in the media, I'm just not going to say anything more. Any, any sports uh, fans that have no uh, athletes have done that? Yeah, and then they make a big scene. They make a bigger scene about not saying anything than if they'd actually say something that was mean and nasty and cruel. And Jeremiah's trying this routine. God, if you're going to give me something good to say, if you're not going to have people respond well to me, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. You can tell me all you want. You can, give me all, you, can, you can speak to me all you want, but forget it. I'm no longer your messenger. And then he says, but thank God you make me do it again and again. Verse 10. He says, I hear everybody whispering. Terror is everywhere, so let's report him to the authorities. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hear the whispers. Let's turn him in. Let's, let's, let's turn on him. Let's, let's, let's do, let's, you know, just, I hear the whispers. Even my close friends wait for my downfall. Perhaps he can be tricked, they say. Then we can catch him and get revenge. <laughs> oh, and so Jeremiah is telling God, I'm just all alone. You've abandoned me. My friends have abandoned me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Somebody know what the next line is in that book? So I'm going to, what? So I go eat worms. That's basically, that's basically the, the storyline here. But that's how we should begin some of our prayers, at least sometimes maybe more often than that. Not with praise and worship. I mean, it's a good thing to start praying with praise and worship, but there are times where that doesn't fit with the conversation that we want to have, that we need to have with God. Sometimes we simply need to begin with an honest cry from our innermost being, from our hearts, and lay it all out and say, God, this is where I am, and this is how I feel about it. And if you think it's God's fault, let him know. Jeremiah did. See, if we would have talked about, let's pray like Jeremiah, I still don't think I'd be convincing all of you that this is a good way to pray because it's not what we have been taught. We have been taught to have nice prayers with God. Thank you, God, for this food. Not, oh, God, we got to eat spaghetti again. I mean, see, see, see what I'm talking about? Even when we're not thankful, we have been taught to pray thankful prayers. That's just a lighter example of the deep thing that uh, Jeremiah was dealing with. But here's a point. God isn't shocked when we pray like that. 
Not only isn't he shocked, and you've probably heard this, God's not surprised and all that kind of stuff. But I want to tell you something. I really believe that God desires to hear us pray this way. And so as we read through this chapter, I believe there are some things that, that, that we can learn from how Jeremiah prayed so that we can pray like Jeremiah did, so we can pray the tough stuff, so we can have that conversation with God about the stuff that we are disappointed in, disillusioned with, angry about, even angry with God about. And so we continue here in verse 11. See, Jeremiah prayed what he knew rather than what he felt. After he unloaded on God, then he engaged God with God's word, with what he uh, knew from the word of God. Verse 11, but you, Lord, are on my side, strong and mighty. Jeremiah says, here's how I feel. However, your word says, and this is where the conversation part comes in. If we don't go back to the word, if we don't declare, if we don't remember what it is that God is saying to us, if we only expect to hear something prophetically, and that's all that we're reacting to, we're missing a a large portion of the conversation with God when we come into these kinds of prayers and conversations with him. And he goes back to what he knows from Scripture. But you, Lord, are on my side, strong and mighty. And those who persecute me will fail. They will be disgraced forever because they cannot succeed. Their disgrace will never be forgotten. This I know. I know this is true. I know this is in your word. This is what God's response is to Jeremiah based on what he knows from the word. And he continues in verse 12. For the word of God, or Hebrews 4.12. We know that the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And when we pray the word of God, pulling from what God has in the written word, as well as the prophetic words that we have heard, the word that God has given us, becomes part of the conversation. What do we know? It's good to start with what we feel. It's good to start with what's uh, uh, welling up within us. It's good to start with the stuff that we're dealing with, but we need to open ourselves to hearing back from God. What is it that God has to say to us? Jeremiah knew that he was needy, that he was weak, that he was upset with God and all these other things. But he also knew that God was a faithful God who defended his people against the armies of Pharaoh, who led Israel into battle, who brought down Goliath before the shepherd David. He knew these stories. He knew that was a God he was talking to. And so as he complained to God about God, he also remembered who God is. He remembered the God that he was serving. He remembered the stories and the, what, what it was that the word said in, uh, uh, regarding his circumstance. Because that's where our confidence in God comes from. Not from who we are and how we're feeling. It comes from who God is and what we know about God. And then verse 12, Jeremiah continues. He pleads with God. He's being transparent. 
And when we have these Jeremiah prayers, when we have these honest prayers, we need to be transparent before God because that's the only way God can truly respond to us. Verse 12, but almighty Lord, you test people justly. You know what is in their hearts and minds. So let me see you take revenge on my enemies. (laughs) For I have placed my cause in your hands. Go, God. Get them. I'd like some vengeance. Do them wrong like they've done me. He's being transparent. I know what your word says. I know what kind of God you are. I know you can do these things. And God, if, it's, if, it, if, if, if I can give you some, 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 some uh, helpful advice, go get them. Do them in. Jeremiah was able to differentiate between his what he wanted God to do, and what he knew about God. And it's okay to pray sometimes and say, Lord, if I were God, here's what I would do. Uh, Not that we stop there. But God knows what we're feeling, and there's something cathartic about declaring these things to God. There's something that is helpful And our being able to say to God, here is what I really wish would happen, even though I know you'll never do this. Knowing that it's us. Knowing that it's what I would like, not what is in the character of God, makes all the difference with where we continue on in the prayer. You see, Jeremiah continued then in worship. He ends this prayer by worshiping. Verse 13, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. He rescues the oppressed from the power of evil people. I know who you are, God. And I'll worship you, even though I really wish you'd done things differently. Even though I wish you would have taking it out on these folks who are taking it out on me, even though everyone's whispering about me, everyone's, you know, even all of that, I know who you are, and I worship you. God wants to interact with us in the areas where we have the most disappointment in him. As we think about Areas where we're disappointed. Just give a few categories for you to think as I uh, help us think through this a little bit. Health. You have some illness and you know someone else who was healed and you weren't. Why them, not me, God? Finances. You work like crazy and it doesn't reach. But God, you promised. Family. Persons you've been praying for for years, for decades. And, but God, don't you love them? I mean, these are those Jeremiah kinds 
of prayers. And I'll get back to those categories in a little bit, but there are some things that I would like to underscore this morning. These honest prayers tell God when you think you were misled. In verse 7, we read that Jeremiah, he's telling God, uh, basically telling God, you misled me. You misled me. Oh, Lord, you deceived me, and I was deceived. I see this, and I, 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 look, look what's happening to me. How can I believe this stuff when this is what my experience is? I was misled by God, by others, by the church, by employers, by friends, by family members, by spouses, by whoever it might be. When you think that God is being unfair to you. Jeremiah was pretty clear about what he felt was God's unfairness. He told God, you overpowered me and prevailed. It's because of you that I'm ridiculed. It's because of you that I'm mocked. It's because of you. When you feel God is forcing you to do something you don't want to do. And you sense that God is calling you, that God is encouraging you, that God is setting something before you, that the steps you need to take to do things God's way are things that you don't really want to do. The Lord promises provision and he asks for a tithe and we don't want to give that much. Just examples. When you don't think you can take it anymore. Because the cost is too great. And Jeremiah was done with losing every friend that he had, with being isolated, with being imprisoned by the people that he thought should be supporting him. But what this does when we pray like this, it's a very interesting thing. It releases to God the stuff that we hide or think we're hiding from God and even certainly from others. And here's a little secret. You can hide it from others, but you can't hide it from God. And until we declare these things, until we unload on God, until we lay it out this way, until we, you know, it sounds so nice to say, give it over to God. That always goes into a nice prayer. Lord, you know, I need healing. and Please, God, heal me I, and my family and my finances. And you're the great God. And, you know, we, that's not releasing anything to God. That's not really giving it over to him. It's just giving him, hoping that somehow he'll respond because, well, he's God and he knows everything already, and so why do I have to go into details? No, when we pray like this, it releases our fears and our doubts to God. It releases our hurts and our wounds to God. It releases our broken dreams to God. It releases this stuff into God's hands. It opens it up 
that interaction between us and God. But then that honest prayer also remembers what got us to this point. Jeremiah remembers God's call, God's faithfulness. He remembers how God has been in the past. We remember how God always keeps his word. We remember how God has provided and healed in the past. We remember that what God has done for others, he'll do for us. We remember that what God has done for us in the past, he'll do it again. We remember what we have in the lobby. The God of thus far is a God of the rest of the way. And even as we pour all of this out, we remember And it permits God to stir up the gift that is within us. It permits God to stir up the faith that we have, even if if it's as small as a mustard seed. It permits God to stir up that hope that says what God has done, he'll do again. I'm going to hang in there because God has promised. It reinforces our trust in God. And if you've ever prayed like this, I want to tell you something. When you're done, how do you feel? That question is a weird question because when you end up praying like this, at the end, you end up trusting God more, not less. Because you poured yourself out. You've released the stuff to God. You remember the stuff that God has done. You honor God for who He is. You worship Him and it restores trust where you have felt it was broken. It includes a heart of worship that always takes us into his presence where we gain a new perspective. To, be, to pray honestly is to be transparent with God. There are four things. I just want to come back through and then we want to pray this. The first thing is unload on God. You unload on God. The second thing is you remember what the Word says about your circumstances. The third is you remember what God has done in the past. And the fourth then is you worship Him. I believe if we would follow this pattern that Jeremiah has in Jeremiah 20, we'll find ourselves praying for our physical well-being differently. We'll find ourselves praying for our family differently. We'll find ourselves praying for God's provision differently. I'd like to invite you to join in a prayer like this. I'm not going to ask you to pray out loud or to declare those things that you're uh, disillusioned with God or disappointed with God or angry about with God. You don't have to say that out loud, but just I mentioned that earlier for you to have that in your minds. I invite you to stand, and we're just going to pray through this. And we're going to pray an honest prayer, Jeremiah prayer. We're going to permit our hearts to cry out to God for these things that are so important to us. And yet, 
at this point, at this moment, we're loaded down with disappointment because of the circumstance in which we live, because of the way things are turning out that are different from what we hoped they would be, what we believed God would make them be. And so we begin by unloading on God. And Lord, we are unhappy. We're upset. We're disillusioned. We're disappointed, Lord, that you have not healed me the way I hoped. That you have not healed me the way you have healed someone else. Lord, we're disappointed and disillusioned because you have not provided for me for the needs that I have for my family, the way I believe that you promised, the way that I have been praying for. I, de- I, I confess that, Lord. I am so upset with the, the lack of provision. It's hard. It's hard to trust you, God, because I just don't have what I need. Lord, I'm disillusioned, I'm disappointed that you haven't done more in the lives of those family members that I've been praying for and praying for and praying for for so long. And Lord, I'm just, I, I just can't believe you haven't done something to turn their lives around, to make their lives different, to cause them to follow you. And then the next thing is remember what the word says about those circumstances. But God, but God, you are the God that heals. God, you are the God that heals. And I pray, Lord, heal me. Heal that illness. Heal that sickness. Your word says that you are, your very name is the healer. And I declare that. You're the God that provides. Lord, you're the God that provides. And I thank you that your word tells us that you provide for us in abundance. That you provide for your children, that your children will never lack bread. Lord, we declare these promises from your word. And and we know that you are the provider. And Lord, your promises for our children. Lord, we, 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 we declare those promises. And, and for those of you who, who uh, aren't quite sure what some of those promises are, I, I could send, I have notes from a message I had a few months ago, uh, maybe a year ago, on uh, six promises from Isaiah for the, the children of those who believe. And if you're interested in those, just let me know and I can email those to you. Because this is something you can pray into. These, as, just as, as you, as, as whatever the issue is, just grab hold of what the word says, what the promises are. And after you have told God how you feel, go to the word and grab this stuff and declare it. And Lord, we declare those promises over our children. We declare them in the name of Jesus. We declare them in the name of Jesus. The third thing is remember what God has done in the past, that the God of thus far is a God of the rest of the way. And Lord, we thank you that you are that God. That what you've done in the past, you will do today and you will do in the future. And we thank you, Lord, that you have healed, you have healed me in the past, that you have provided for me in the past, that you have 
come through it in our family in the past. And Lord, because you have done that in the past, I believe, I have the faith to believe that you can do that again. And Lord, I ask you, do it again. Do it again. And then worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. This worship isn't to wipe out all of the complaining that we have done. Because that's part of the honest conversation with God. When we worship God, it's giving Him His place in our relationship with Him. Even as we have taken our place in our relationship with Him by pouring out our hearts in a very honest and vulnerable way. There are times where you will spend more time just pouring out what you feel to the Lord. But there are times that you're going to be spending more in the Word and hearing what it is that God has to say about the stuff that you're wrestling with. And there are times that you will spend more time praying and remembering what God has done in the past and declaring that because that is a faith that you have to continue on. And there are times when you will worship more. But these four elements are part of an honest conversation with God. And so this morning, I encourage you. I encourage you, pray like Jeremiah. Pray like that great prophet. Pray like that prophet who could hear clearly from God and declare things accurately and who had a vibrant relationship with God the Father because he didn't hold anything back. He was in tune, not only with the voice of the Lord prophetically, but the voice of the Lord through Scripture. He knew that what God had done in the past, He would do again. And He always would wrap it up with worship, giving God His place, honoring God for who He is. So let's worship. Let's worship the Lord.